welcome to the Pursuit of Healthiness podcast. I'm your host, Renata van Delft. I'm a health and mindset coach, spaghetti and ice cream lover, travel junk, and a cat mom. I love conversations that are on a more and deeper level. And today I have with me Mariana. Mariana is a social worker and an emotional wellness coach. She just started an emotional wellness coaching business called My Emotional Intelligence, where she focuses on helping women to become more confident and create loving relationships with themselves and others through developing strong emotional intelligence skills. So you already guessed it, today's episode is all about emotional intelligence. So welcome, Mariana, to the podcast. How is everything today? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, everything's good. Just a relaxing, quiet morning. How about you? Uh, everything is fine. Thank you. I am excited to talk about emotional intelligence today. Um, I think it's really necessary. And I think a lot of people don't really understand what it really is. So can you explain a little bit what you do and, you know, tell a little bit about yourself? For sure. Yeah. So I am a social worker. Um, I'm in grad school right now. Um, While I'm doing that, I started my own emotional wellness coaching business um, where I focus on coaching people to become their like highest, most authentic selves through emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence is like having the awareness of your emotions and how it affects our behaviors and cognition because you know, our emotions drive a lot of how we behave, right? Yeah, true. So, so what would you say is the most positive emotion and what's the most negative emotion that people deal with? Um, so pure happiness is probably the most positive one, right? And then I think the most negative one, I guess it really just depends on the person, I would say anger, because, you know, when we're angry, people don't understand that a lot of times you have another underlying emotion that is causing that anger. And when you don't understand that you can't get to like the root of the issue, and then you act out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, So what about fear? Because I've been talking about fear in a lot of my episodes, and it seems that fear keeps coming back, like even uh, you, you probably experience the same in your own business, you know, the fear of failing, the fear of, you know, what do people think about me? What if this doesn't work? What if it goes that way? Like, how can we control that? Or what is your perspective on fear? Is it something that we can use for the good? Or what, what do you think about that? Yeah, so in social work, we were taught like a lot to embrace fear and like we're going to be uncomfortable a lot of the times in situations, you know what I mean? So we were just taught to embrace it and just kind of do everything you everything you can to make yourself uncomfortable. So I was just been doing that for the past few years, you know, (laughs) and um, but there's also like a big part of fear. Like when I started my business, I definitely had a lot of those like, oh my God, what are people going to think of me? Like, what if I fail? And I learned that's just like my ego trying to sabotage me. If I were to listen to all those fears, I would not have done it. So yeah, it's just really making yourself uncomfortable, getting used to that feeling and understanding like where your ego is taking over. Yeah. So um, one, what, what, um, 
I have a phrase in my head, but I, well, I have a question in my head, but I don't really know how to phrase it. So I'm going to try to explain it as well as, as I possibly can. So emotional intelligence is like, like, how can we be aware of our emotions? Like I often, I see people react out of emotion rather than um, logic. What, what yeah do you know what I'm trying to say a little bit yeah it's like a very complicated thing to explain I think to people yeah. who haven't like already studied it or have already been in therapy learning about themselves but um so emotionally intelligence I guess I would explain is like having self-awareness knowing what your emotions are knowing how to communicate them without um, causing conflict. And then also being aware of like other people's feelings and how you affect people and being able to like work on that relationship. So a lot of the times, yeah, when we have these feelings, we react instead of respond. And it's because we don't really under, we don't know that we're doing that. And one way to be more in control and aware of your emotions is to literally practice every single day and be mindful of like what you're feeling. So a lot of the times when I work with my clients on that, I have them, I start them off with journaling every single day, every morning, I give them this little mood meter and um, I have them talk every morning about what they're feeling, where they are on the mood meter, put a word with that feeling and then um talk about like why they're feeling that way, what the feeling is trying to tell them, if they want to stay in that feeling or move away from it and what they can do to stay or move away from that feeling. And after they've been doing this for like a few weeks, they just start doing it automatically in their head throughout the day. And they tell me like, wow, I've noticed I've been like understanding why I'm anxious all the time now. And like, I'm able to talk myself down or not react about it and like have a conversation about it instead. And it's, it's really awesome. I'm like, really, I get really proud of them because I'm like, Oh my God, you guys, yes, this is it. You're doing it. Yeah. You see the result. <clears throat> like those people finally get it and understand and are being mindful with their emotions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I had another question, um, but I, I don't know. I <laughs> know um, it's on the tip of my tongue, but oh yeah, I remember <laughs> talking about emotions. Um, I've also learned, well, not really learned, but I've read that sometimes it's a good thing to manipulate your emotions by using language, by using your words, instead of saying, you know, I feel okay today. I feel happy today. So it has, it does have an influence on your emotions. So what do you know about that connection between the language that you speak and the emotions that you feel? Yeah, I feel like it is really important to like acknowledge what you're actually feeling, but also set the tone for a good day. Um, Cause if we were to like deny our emotions that, like wouldn't turn out well for us in the end but setting like an intention for how you're going to feel for the day I think is a little different so like in the morning if I wake up and I'm like oh I'm feeling like sluggish today that's okay but I can also say like I'm going to have a good day and feel happy today as like my affirmation and so that you can focus on like 
switching over to that emotion instead. Yeah. Do you know how it works in, in the body? It's just, I don't know if you know that, but how that connection goes in your brain, like how, how it impacts us that just the small thing changing in what you say and what you think can change your emotions. Hmm. I think that when we, I guess the best way to describe it is, you know, um, phantom limb, have you heard of that? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when you have like, you're missing for everybody who doesn't know when you're missing, like, let's say this part of your arm and you're like tense in your arm because you can't, you don't have it anymore. And you have this tension and you don't know how to untense because you can't see your hand. And so um, doctors will pull a mirror out and like make it so that it appears like you have an arm with your other arm. And that way you can like release the tension. And I don't know if I described that really well. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, and I feel like doing that is the same when you like talk about your affirmations and intentions and emotions. It's kind of like you fake it till you make it or you keep saying it. So you trick your mind into believing it until you do start believing it. And it's, I guess I would just compare it to that phantom limb because it's kind of yeah. the same thing. You have that mirror and you're mirroring something to, yeah. until you leave it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think it's really fascinating that we can do that. Like we can trick our minds into feeling something. And like you said, until we feel a certain way, like I'm not a, um, an advocate for pretending that's something different like if you pretend to be happy all the time while well, you're not it, it's different like that will put on a lot of pressure on you as well and a lot of stress but <clears throat> you can change your state of mind like that like we don't have to feel sad all the time we don't have to feel anxious like it is it all comes back to our brains right and our mindset how we think how we speak how we even our body language have an impact on our emotions right? Yeah. And I definitely don't want to like disregard. There are definitely people who have chemical imbalances in their brain yeah. and they do have mental health issues. There are also people who don't necessarily have that and are situationally depressed or stressed out or anxious. And, you know, I've been through that myself and the way I worked on it is by working on a routine daily of those affirmations and journaling my emotions and all that stuff. And yeah you know, it's not just going to change overnight. You know, we have to work at it every day to change our whole mindset and be more positive and like thankful for who we are. Cause yeah, our mind is like such a powerful thing. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so you said that you experienced that before. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like how you felt in the time and how you managed to overcome that? Yeah. So um, when I moved to Colorado like two years ago, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't go with anybody. Like it was just me and my dog. And um, we went, like my job fell into place. My apartment fell into place. Like it was great. I did a lot of hiking, like all that stuff. But then I like didn't have anyone to hang out with or anything. And I didn't make friends for a while. And I had this like really, like I was really depressed and like lonely and it was really hard for a while. And yeah. I like, <clears throat> was like oh my god like this is the first time I'm like sitting still with myself I don't have any distractions I like don't even know who I am like I don't know what I want and it was this weird like kind of scary moment and I was like okay well I'm going to figure it out 
So I started building all these routines for myself. Like I have a background in, t- in facilitating dialectical behavior therapy and like helping people find natural habits, healthy habits in their life when I was working in substance abuse. So I have these like underlying knowledge and skills. So I started creating this lifestyle for myself to pull me out of this funk so that I could be like genuinely and authentically me. I like didn't date anyone for eight months, didn't go out on dates, like just focused on myself and making friends and genuine relationships. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Like it, I feel like at this point now, like it's really hard to hurt my self-esteem because I've built it up so much for somebody else to do that would just be Yeah. And so I think a lot of people can get there. It's just like a lot of work. (laughs) It truly is. Yes. It takes a lot of work, takes a lot of effort. But once you are in that place of feeling really confident and having that self-esteem, it's amazing. Like, I don't know how it felt for you, but for me, it felt like I could do anything in the world. Like seriously, I I didn't care about what other people thought anymore. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And, you know, a whole new world opens up because of that, because we are holding ourselves back so much. Yes. And it's crazy because, you know, you see how like, I think relationships are like the most important thing we can have in life because, you know, at the end of the day, when you're dying, you're not going to be like, I made so much money or like, I mean, you might be like, I went to all these cool places. That's pretty cool. But there your loved ones are going to be there with you, holding your hand, comforting you, you know? Yeah. And that's what I think is important to me. And we studied this in social work. There's like a phase at the end of your life of whether you've done everything you could to help out the next generation or not. And you have a lot of like turmoil over it. If you didn't, it's just a theory. I don't really know. I'm only 26. I don't know what that's like, but <laughs> I feel like it's really important. And it really is just makes me so sad how some people treat each other and like yeah. how people allow others to treat them. And, you know, it's like you, if you just like loved yourself, you would literally never let anyone treat you less than the way you treat yourself. Yes, it's also about setting boundaries, right? Like, like you said, like I'm 26 as well, and I cannot imagine. Like, I sometimes I'm asking myself, like, if I would die today, have I done what I always wanted to do? And how are people looking back at me? What kind of impact? Uh, what kind of legacy did I left? What 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 kind of positive thing did I brought out into the world? And it's kind of unrealistic to talk about it or to think about it because I am so young I'm like I just have five years to come (laughs) but on the other hand my partner he was in the hospital two years almost three years ago um, with heart problems with a heart virus and he was almost dead and he was 26 at that time so I'm like it could be over like that like yeah it was really scary so we were like you know you don't have to be old to die like it can happen to anybody so it really makes you think about what you put out into the world what you are saying to yourself how you are treating yourself and other people and what really is important in life and like you said in the end it comes back to relationships to the people that you love and of course money is nice like you said it's nice to have that money to see places and to to do fun stuff but in the end it doesn't really matter if you're lonely if you are alone and have a lot of money, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And 
to go circle back to the time thing, I feel like, especially for some reason, our generation and the generation below us is like, we have so much time to do anything we want that we're just going to like be reckless right now. And it's like, you really don't though. You don't have that much time. You like, you know what I mean? Like, I think the biggest misconception is that we think we have all this time, but like, what? I don't think that's true. I think that we should get on whatever we want to do and reach our goals and work on ourselves and others so that we can have a great life our whole life and not just like rush to fit everything in later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit 50, 50 on that because I, some days I realize, especially when I look at parents or my grandparents, I'm like, they are like 60, 70. And I'm like, that's a long time. And then I calculate back, like when they were my age, it was like 19, I don't know, 56 or something. And I'm like, oh my God, like I do have a lot of time, but at the same time, I'm like, but I also don't, like it could be over like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. um, so I need, I need to make, like, I need to create things that I want. I want to reach my goals and I want to look back at my life happily and not regretting yeah. stuff because I'm like, oh, that will come later, you know, that you yeah. didn't do stuff because you think you have enough time. So I'm a little bit, on both sides like <laughs> I do yeah. have enough time but I also don't you know yeah I just feel like I have so much that I want to do that I'm like I need to start doing it now because I don't know what's going to happen in the future and if I don't start now someone else might take my ideas and <laughs> yeah no, I guess I'm I a little more competitive I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well I do have the same and I was talking with my with my fiance with Davy about it as well like sometimes we are working so much and maybe even too much sometimes because we have the feeling that we don't have enough time because we want to do all of this stuff at once. But I think it's also important. Of course, you need to realize that time isn't endless, but I think it's also really important to enjoy now, enjoy the present and be grateful for what you have right now. And, you know, just enjoy life right now instead of always focusing on goals in the future and, you know, I want to accomplish this in the future. And because it sounds cliche, but you never know what tomorrow brings. And it is cliche for a reason. <laughs> I hate that I'm saying this um, because my, my teachers and my parents used to say that, like, tomorrow is a gift. Like, you should enjoy it today. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's like where those importance of like setting boundaries come in, you know, like, yeah, you're saying you guys like work so much, but you forget, like, you need to also enjoy the days that you have. And that's where you set those boundaries. Like, yeah. don't work after this time if you don't have to. And like, do like these many things, like go on a walk this many times throughout the week and go on a vacation a few times a year. And like, yeah. you know, setting those boundaries so that you're still enjoying life while you're also getting like what you want to get in. Yeah with work yeah exactly I think we are the kind of generation that we try to balance it out because if I look at my parents or my grandparents they were working all the time and now they try to enjoy the pension but I'm like yeah but that's not how I want to live like um I, I also want to enjoy now I want to travel right now I want to see the world right now while making a life for my future self because I also believe that you have yeah. to work hard and then play hard. Like if we work now, we yeah, have. And I don't even... Yeah. 
I just, I don't think there's even like a right answer. You know, it's all about perspective and like, what do you really want out of life? And do you need to do that now? Or do you have like time and, you know, like, yeah, I think it's just all about perspective and what you want. So exactly. And balance. Balance, balance is, balance is really so important. important. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, if there is a thing that I've learned the last couple of years, it's balance with, with everything. Like you said, with, with, um, building your own business but also enjoying the time that you have right now playing hard uh, or working hard and then playing hard and And then sleeping and then sleep (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's very important actually like like, yeah how do do how does sleep uh impact your emotions because i know that i'm not as happy as i could have been if i don't get enough sleep so how how does that work how is that going on Well, the recommended hours of sleep is eight hours a night. I think, I think everybody's body is different. Like I need eight hours of sleep. My boyfriend is like good on six, five and a half, maybe. And he's like good for the day. And I think like when we don't get the sleep that we need, we obviously become very cranky and irrational because we can't like think straight because we're depriving our body of that rest that we need to like recuperate from the day before or whatever events had taken place, you know? So sleeping is really important. That's why meditation is like a common coping skill or like also really important because it kind of like gives your body that time to shut down a little bit and like listen and relax instead because we use our bodies so much for everything and it's like yeah we got to take care of the things that we're using you know yeah exactly and it's the same with nutrition like food has such a great impact on your emotions as well and how you're feeling like yes it does yeah it does like healthy foods help with like um vitamins in our bodies like vitamin d's and vitamin b's that improve our mood and stuff like that so yeah and it's crazy i feel like a lot of people don't realize like how much food does affect your mood and you know if i'm eating junk food i kind of like don't feel that great or like alcohol you know anxiety but when i'm eating like healthy foods and like really keeping track of my diet i feel like really good energized happy that I'm doing that and then also happy because I'm getting those vitamins in <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's also really important to take care of your gut because that's where a lot of emotions are as well um, yeah. but some people say I still I, I believe it but I still have to figure it out myself I am diving deeper into that but maybe you know uh, you notice that you hold on to your emotions in certain parts of your body. So for example, if you, it could be that if you have pain in your lower back, it could be that you have unresolved emotions that you crop up. If, if, how do, what do you know about that? I feel like, yes, that's definitely, it's really crazy. Um, so I was studying the DSM-5, which is like the diagnostic manual of all the mental health disorders. And in there was this disorder called somatic syndrome. And from what I gathered, um, it's basically like you're really, really physically ill and nobody can explain why. So they're alluding to the fact that you have so much anxiety or stress or whatever that it's causing you to literally be physically sick. Yeah, And that's like, 
yes, our emotions wear and tear on our body. And I don't really know how to explain it, I guess, but um, everybody's different. They don't like have all the mental health or stressors respond to their body the same way. Like I know when I'm anxious, like my stomach really hurts and I can't eat anything, but some people, when they're like stressed or anxious, they eat a lot and it's really just everybody, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of physical problems that can happen if you don't resolve your emotional issues. Yeah. And I, I also need to look more into the why behind that. I'm not sure there's like a lot of like evidence supporting it or research um, put into it because I feel like uh, emotional intelligence is still like a pretty new thing. So we don't True. like have yeah. a lot of research done in it. Yeah, but it was a great example actually what you gave. Um, like often people have a stage fright feel it in their stomach. Like you physically feel ill because of the fear or because of... The, the stress that you experience so um i i do believe there's a truth to that um but we, this still needs to be done a lot of research on that and i do need to do my own research as well and everybody's yeah. different so it, it could result in different um physical or mental problems when you hold on to your emotions uh, but what can you say about holding on to your emotions like what is how can we let it go? Because so many people say you have to feel your emotions and then let it go. But it's always easier. <laughs> That's very <than> big. <laughs> so how can you can you give an example or a tip? Like how can you do that? If you feel angry, like how can you sit with your emotion and then let it go? Like, or Is I know like, um, like I hold on to grudges for a long time unless I, I speak about it. Like if I am irritated by, by my partner, then I have to speak about it. Otherwise I hold on to a grudge and I become so angry and cranky until I have spoken about it. Um, so I, I do need to work on that though. <laughs> I know that, <laughs> I'm aware of that. <laughs> but how, yeah, what is a tip that you could give? Like, how do you really allow yourself to have that emotion and let it go and move on? Yeah, I think this is like probably one of my most favorite things to talk about. Um, I think it's really, really, really important to validate like ourselves and our emotions and other people because when we don't, we like, yeah, build resentment and it causes conflict within ourselves and others. And so I guess the best way to describe it is like, first of all, I don't think anger is a core emotion. I feel like when we're angry, we are feeling something else and it's surfacing as anger because that's a defense mechanism so that we're not vulnerable. Um, I don't know why vulnerability is such a big issue. I think vulnerability is the strongest thing you can do. Everyone or society has deemed it as weak for whatever reason, but I think people who are vulnerable are brave. And Brene Brown talks about it all the time. She's fantastic. (laughs) She does research on it. Um, But yeah, I think that what they mean by feeling that feeling is really just, you know, if I'm feeling like anxious about something to sit down and be like, okay, what is going on that is making me feel this way? Really get to the core of it. Like, what do I need from this feel, or what do I need to give myself and my body to help this feeling or to like resolve it or what have you? Do I need to talk to somebody about it? Do I need to 
journal about it because I'm making this feeling up in my head, like what is going on? Um, so really getting to the root of that and then. So asking yourself the right questions, the, really. Yeah. Asking yourself the right questions, giving yourself what you need. And then that's when you can move forward from it. I think there's definitely like a lot of appropriate times you can do it. Like, you know, when you're at work and something's bothering you, like that might not be appropriate. So using some like emotion regulation skills, distracting yourself, um, throwing yourself more into work to focus on work and then coming back to this, like, okay, now what's going on? Like, why am I feeling this way? And it's really important to, yeah, just sit there and like pay attention to it and, you know, give the feeling truth. Like, why am I feeling this way? Don't judge yourself for having that feeling. I think that's one of the worst things we can do. Yeah, I like to say to it, say. like, you know, little kids, like if a little kid dropped their ice cream on the floor and they start crying because they're upset about it. And you tell a little kid, like, you're fine. Don't cry. Like, you wouldn't tell a kid that, you know, you'd be like, oh my God, you dropped your ice cream. It's okay. We'll go get a new one. Like giving them what they need, validating their experience, letting them know that their feeling of being upset is a real feeling. And that's okay to feel that way. Yeah. And then, um, you know, your feelings just simply are your feelings. They're your truth for anybody to try and tell you that your feelings aren't real or your feelings are made up. This isn't like a real thing that's happening is wrong. And you need to stick to your feelings and you're entitled to feel that way and then sit with it for a little bit and really just, you know, go through that steps of understanding them and then let it go. Yeah. Even, even if it doesn't make sense for you at the time, like your feelings are valid. Like you feel that way in that moment. So um, because I sometimes have conversations with my partner and then he feels upset or I feel upset. And then we're like asking each other, like, is it valid? Like, do I have the right to feel this way? And I always say like, yes, of course. Like it may it's not be always, always valid. Exactly. <laughs> like that is how you feel. That's how I feel in this moment. So it is valid. It may not make sense to someone else, but that doesn't matter. It's about you at the moment. It's about your feelings and working through them to make it better. And I think what you said to give a little bit of a, a summary, like when you sit with your emotions and move through them, it's like asking yourself the right questions, where is it coming from, but also taking action afterwards to make it feel better, right? Yeah, because, you know, if we react out of anger, sometimes we feel like stupid later or embarrassed and stuff. But if we instead sit there and are like, okay, why am I angry? What's the issue here? What's bothering me? What can I do about it right now? And then like calming down and then dealing with it because you have thought it through. You really know what you're feeling and you're really able to communicate that better. And so like when you said you and your partner you know, like you'll kind of resent him a little bit because you'll hold things in. But then after yeah. you talk about it, don't you feel so much better? Yeah, <laughs> it is like that, that. That's what I know. Like in the beginning, when I wasn't all aware of my emotions and my feelings, I would be, oh, I would hold on to it for I could like a week. A week could go by, and I would still have that feeling. But now I'm like, no, I need to talk about it immediately. It may not always. Um, be pleasant for him to hear but I'm like okay I got it out of my system it's done <laughs> like I'm happy again and then he sits with the field but that's that's a different story we, we help each other with that but 
you know, it feels so much better. And in the, in the beginning, as I said, when I wasn't aware of my emotions or when I didn't think about his emotions, then it would make things so much worse. And I'm yeah, like, it it's, you know, in a way, if you just speak about it, you, you have different ways to say how you feel about someone or about a situation. Or, and I think we need to be more aware of that too. Definitely. And to expose my boyfriend a little bit, like we, he is like such a math, logic, science guy. And I'm like a very emotional, like whatever, right-handed part of the brain. And he's like left-handed or I don't know if that's right, but yeah, you know, and um, so when we started like dating, we'd have to learn how to communicate to each other, you know, because we didn't we're just so different. And so like, he doesn't really talk about things. And so I'd be like, well, you need to talk to me about this because I can tell you're upset because not only can I feel it because I'm an empath, but I like, you're acting different. And so then he learned like, okay, so I used to have to pry it out of him. Now he's a lot better at just telling me when something's bothering him and it makes our relationship so much better. We trust each other so much more. We like, communicate more we don't really have that anxiety or resentment towards each other because we talk about things and again pick and choose your battles like if things really matter we talk about them if not we just brush it off but like yeah it makes our whole relationship better and it can you know when you do talk about things yeah that brings me actually to another question now we are talking about this um so how can we help someone who isn't um in tune with their emotions like like you said, your, your boyfriend, like he doesn't want to talk about it. Like, but it is important, especially when you are an empath, you want to know what is going on, especially when you feel it and you see it in someone. So what is the best way to handle those situations? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> good question, right? question. Because like you do want to help, but as like a significant other, it's not your role to fix somebody or to, you know, um, So I guess the way that I would say to do it is lead by example, you know, like this is what I really like or telling them what you need from them, I guess is a really good way of putting it. Like, you know, if you're feeling this way, I need you to tell me about it so that we can work on it together. Um, Or lead by example, like I'm feeling this way and I, when this happens and I need you to know that and keep doing that instead of like reacting so that they learn this is the way that you do it too. Or like with him, it would be like, I feel uncomfortable when you don't share your feelings with me about like something that's bothering you because I can feel it. I can feel like I get anxious because I can feel that you're anxious and it like really affects me and it bothers me and it definitely like stumps our relationship a little bit. And, you know, once Hopefully your partner is reactive to that. If they're not, that's like, I think another issue. But um, my boyfriend was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I can do that for sure. You know what I mean? Like having that conversation and learning to move forward and having them be receptive to it and like not reactive, receptive is what I meant. Um, Receptive to it and really make those changes because it's not like you're asking them to change for you, but you're you're fitting each other's needs more better that way you know what I mean I love that you say that and that you use that as an example uh, especially what you are asking from him and how you are asking it because I know 
especially women are really great at that just saying like oh you need to tell me what's wrong with you like I don't think that's the right approach as you've said you just have to lead by example or let them know that you are available to talk about it and that it yeah. is okay to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, and it's also okay to not talk about it. Like yeah. putting that platform out like, hey, like if you want to talk about this, I'm all ears. But if you don't want to talk about it, that's cool too. Yeah. Just like at some point we should probably talk about it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, communication is super important. This is why some relationships are super successful because they know how to communicate with each other and they don't have like, they put everything out in the open and that's what we do. And that's what um, successful relationships I've noticed have done, you know? Yeah, we do it too. We are together for 10 and a half years. So it says something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, one of the last questions. Uh, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned when it comes to emotions and, and dealing with it? Wow. Hmm. Or just a, a, a lesson that you've learned in life. Like that's also fine. I think that the biggest lesson I've learned, I literally got it tattooed on my arm. Oh, really? <laughs> um, I cannot read it. It. <laughs> it says, this too shall pass. It's oh, from the Bible. That. I'm not like super religious or anything, but um, I think it's great because it reminds me that emotions are temporary. Yeah. And, you know, this feeling that I'm having right now, because I used to have like a lot of anxiety if this feeling that I'm having right now isn't permanent and it's not going to last and this too shall pass. You're going to get through it. Um, there's no need to make like a permanent solution for a temporary problem, you know? So yeah. always knowing that feelings pass, things change, time moves on. Like you can't control everything outside of you. That was another big one. Learning yeah. not to control everything outside of yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's a really big one. We, I yeah. think we, people need to understand that a lot more because since the moment that I understand that and really practice it and focusing on what you do can control instead of the things that you cannot control, it makes life so much easier as well. You're like, okay, yeah, well, yeah. I cannot control that, but I can control this. So let's focus on this. And then yes, so exactly. many new opportunities arise and yeah. it's just so much nicer and better instead of just... Yeah constantly worrying about the things that you cannot control because you cannot control you cannot do anything about it and even if something happened that wasn't under your control uh, and it went bad you still have the choice and control of what you do next yeah yeah so I agree yeah I also have that one tattooed on my arm <laughs> really <laughs> um, it's a tattoo though I don't know if you can see it yeah kind of looks like a scar uh, yeah it looks like a scar yeah um it was I was pretty religious when I was younger and I got these tattoos I guess I kind of fell out of it a little but um that one is for the serenity prayer yeah have you heard of that one I uh, know it's grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference okay <laughs> so I got that one tattooed to also remind me you can't control things or not to try and control things outside of my power I guess and to stay yeah. focused on controlling what I can yeah oh, I love it it's great yeah um so how can people contact you if they want to work with you or just want to learn more about it or just think you are a really sweet amazing woman then 
How could they contact you? Um, so I have an Instagram. It's at my emotional intelligence LLC. And then my email, MEI at myemotionalintelligence.org. Um, and then I have a Facebook page also, My Emotional Intelligence. <laughs> and I post a lot of great content on my Instagram all about what we just talked about and more. And I also take private messages, emails, what have you. Um, I give advice all the time and all that good stuff. Yeah. That is so great. Yes, I'll leave everything in the description so people can contact you and connect with you. So I really want to thank you for today, for this for this podcast, for having this talk with me and shine a little bit of more light into emotions and how we can deal with them and and more. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was excited. This is my first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you did really, really well. I hope that you learned a little bit more about your emotions and what emotional intelligence really is. If you have any questions, all the details are in the description box. You can contact me or Mariana to help you love yourself a little bit more and to deal with your emotions. If you are looking for a health and wellness coach, we are here to help you. Just click the link in the description and we will take it from there.